Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Will Smith opened up about the moment he realized he needed to change his approach to parenting. Matthew McConaughey addressed his previous statement about whether he thinks kids should get the COVID vaccine. And we're talking with BuzzFeed News' Stephanie McNeil about the spectacular mess that is Rachel and Dave Hollis. It's November 11th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, Will Smith revealed the, quote, terrifying moment he realized he might be going about parenting his kids Willow and Jaden all wrong. In a conversation with Spike Lee, Will said that while Willow was touring with Justin Bieber when she was 10, she told him that she was done performing. He went on to say that he didn't take her seriously until she showed up at breakfast one morning with a shaved head. He said, quote, I'm looking and I'm like, got it. I got it, baby. I'm sorry. I apologize. You can stop. He went on to say, it was terrifying. I felt like I had been texting, looking at my phone and stepped out into the street in front of a bus and Willow snatched me back. Will added that the ordeal made him realize his own feelings hadn't been considered when he was a kid, saying, quote, because of my childhood, because of the way I was raised, I didn't care about how I felt, so I damn sure didn't care about how somebody else felt. I love so many layers of this. One, we need to call out that Willow knew when she was done. And that's an important thing. This like this is a side thing, but it reminds me of like kids when you first start eating, when they say like, I'm full, I don't want to finish. And they're like, finish your plate. It's like, no, listen to them. They know their bodies. They know their mental health, even if they're a child. So it's good she said that. And then also it is good that Will Smith finally had that realization because not all parents do. Yeah, exactly. This is what generational trauma is, right? Like, you know, people tend to think that like the things that they had to go through when they were kids, that their children have to go through that too. 
But sometimes it's about saying like, actually, the fact that I had to go through that terrible thing means I should stop it for the next generation. You know, Will Smith started his career very young, not as young as as Willow was at that moment, but he started his career in his like late teens, early 20s. And I'm sure that's a really young, vulnerable age to go into rapping and acting and all that stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of baggage that came with that. I'm glad that he was able to prevent his daughter from going through that when she didn't want to be going through that anymore. Okay, so moving on, after receiving backlash for his comments about whether young kids should get vaccinated for COVID, Matthew McConaughey has clarified his statements. While speaking at the New York Times' DealBook Summit earlier this week, Matthew said, quote, I couldn't mandate having to vaccinate the younger kids. I still want to find out more information. In response to the criticism, Matthew posted to his Instagram story specifying that he was talking about the 5 to 11-year-old mandate. He added that it's not true that he is against vaccinating kids at all, saying his oldest child, who's 13, is fully vaccinated. I mean, I'm glad for the clarification on the fact that like his own 13 year old is vaccinated. That said, it is kind of frustrating that he says he wants to pause on, you know, ages five to 11 until he gets, quote unquote, more information, because, you know, the CDC approved the vaccine for kids aged 5 to 11. That's the information that you need to have. I would very much recommend that anyone listening to this who's wanting to know whether or not to vaccinate their child ages 5 to 11, please listen to the CDC before you listen to the star of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. (laughs) But yeah, it is, it is one, one of the weirdest laughs I've ever laughed, but that's what came out of my mouth when you said that. (laughs) I'm glad. Two, it is, it's, it's, It's every time someone publicly says that they're concerned about the vaccine, more people who don't have the information. That's like another thing like, oh, well, another person said it, so it must not be safe kind of thing. And it it, it causes everyone else to stop doing it. And I'm like, oh, God, please stop. Right. It contributes to this narrative that doesn't need to be there. There, This idea that, like, you know, there's going to be some unknown risk to it. They've done studies on this. The risks have been assessed and they've decided that they're not there. That's why your child has been approved to get it. Listen to the CDC. And, you know, look, it would be easy to, like, write this all off as just, like, a random actor spouting off his opinions. But this is a man who very much flirts with the possibility of running for governor of Texas. So his opinions on this really could end up mattering to, like, one of the biggest states in the country. Definitely. All right. Well, moving on. If you know anything about the world of self-care influencers, you've probably heard of Rachel and Dave Hollis. The couple rose to prominence in the last few years for preaching family, hard work, and humility. But recently, they've been making headlines for doing pretty much the exact opposite of all that. Today, we're talking with BuzzFeed News' Stephanie McNeil about the rise and fall of the Hollises. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Thanks, guys, for having me. Always a pleasure. Well, let's just get right into it, because you wrote a very interesting piece for BuzzFeed News detailing the rise and fall of formerly married influencers Rachel and Dave Hollis. Would you mind giving our listeners just a little bit of background on who Rachel and Dave are and how they rose to prominence? Yeah, so Rachel started as a lifestyle blogger, and she then turned herself into a motivational speaker slash self-help guru. She wrote a book called Girl, Wash Your Face that came out a couple of years ago, and it was a huge smash success. And the thesis of the book is kind of like... Hey girl, if you just try harder and you are very plucky and you, you know, work hard with a smile on your face, you can do whatever you want. And the only thing that's holding you back is you. 
And that's, that's kind of her message. And girl, wash your face spent more than 80 weeks on the New York times bestseller list. It was this huge, huge, like overnight success. And she and her husband, Dave, who used to be an executive at Disney, were able to turn that into a series of conferences and live shows, you know, a whole apparatus that they ran together. Uh, and she then had another book that came out, Girls Stop Apologizing, which wasn't as quite as successful, but it was still, you know, it still did pretty good. And yeah, she was just like the millennial motivational speaker there for a hot minute. So the reason we're talking about them right now today is that this past Saturday, Dave went on Instagram Live to promote his new book, Built Through Courage. It started out okay, but then the tone quickly changed when he started demanding his followers spend, quote, 18 stinking dollars to purchase his book, which he claimed would change their lives. When one commenter said they had no job or money, Dave replied by saying, quote, this $18 would be the fastest route to getting paid. I mean, it's kind of ironic that someone claiming to have all the answers is visibly so unnerved by his fans not supporting him in the way he wants. Where do you think this disconnect comes from? I think that Dave Hollis just kind of is snapping because I think he's been told for so long that he, you know, is this kind of revelation to everyone. And, you know, he, you know, his followers and he had he and Rachel together, especially they just had, you know, hordes and hordes and hordes of devoted fans who told them they changed their lives. And I think if people tell you that for three or four years, you know, you start to believe it and their empire is kind of slipping because they got divorced last year. And a lot of people were unhappy about how they handled the divorce, how they handled some of the situations that have happened since the divorce. And I think he was just, he's angry. He's not getting the same level of praise that he used to is, is my interpretation of it. You know, one of the many things that struck me about that Instagram live, uh, you know, is that Dave and Rachel, they constantly preach about the importance of hard work and then humility and family. And yet when his daughter asks him to make her breakfast during the video, he like sarcastically tells her to get a life and tells her to take it down a notch. I mean, this is a man who historically has been a real master at curating a very pristine image of himself. And then it all just sort of crumbled in that moment. Do you think that was intentional? Do you think he's pivoting his brand in that way? Or do you think he was just sort of caught with his pants down in that moment? I don't think it was intentional for sure. I think that if you asked him, he would probably say, oh, you know, you can't judge someone's parenting by a, you know, a quick hot second of how they speak to their child. And, you know, that's true. But I think that he just was kind of not thinking about that public image that he curated for so long, which in ways is kind of fascinating because it's like, you know, these are people who have made themselves into caricatures of themselves for so long. And, you know, you can't really maintain that image and then just like go unfiltered off the cuff on Instagram live. So, I mean, I think he was stressed in the moment and I think it wasn't like his best moment, but I think it was so jarring for people because of the reasons that you said, because he is, you know, putting himself out there as this, you know, hardworking family values type of person, you probably shouldn't show your, you know, not so great moments in the spotlight. All right. Well, we'll be right back with more on Rachel and Dave Hollis. At 
SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021OMG, join Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Get all the juicy details of every episode that you've been wondering about for decades as 90210 Super fan and radio host Sissony sits in with Jenny and Tori to reminisce, reflect, and relive each moment from Brandon and Kelly's first kiss to shouting, Donna Martin graduates. You have an amazing memory. You remember everything about the entire 10 years that we filmed that show. And you remember absolutely nothing of the 10 years that we filmed that show. <laughs> Listen to 9021 OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, Jeep! Leaping grab to Monte Adams! Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow! Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed Stephanie McNeil about the drama around Rachel and Dave Hollis. So the main reason that Rachel and Dave have been provoking so much outrage is the fact that they're getting divorced, like you said, even though they sold themselves as a happy and well-adjusted couple. And not just rhetorically, they literally created a couple's workshop that cost $1,795 to attend. What was the reaction from the public and their fans when they announced their divorce? Their fans were really disappointed because they had, like you said, put themselves out there as this beacon of how to be married and how to have a successful marriage. And I think that one thing that's good to note is no one's saying that to have this type of platform or almost ministry in a way of preaching how to have a successful marriage that you have to be perfect. But there was a huge disconnect between, you know, six months earlier, they were putting on these couples conferences where people spent up to $1,800 to attend and, you know, telling people who were in marriages that were faltering, Hey, we can help you guys. And then to all of a sudden turn around and be like, actually we're getting divorced most divorces don't happen overnight. So if you know that your marriage is struggling, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something a little hypocritical about putting yourself out there as someone who people should spend thousands of dollars to listen to about how to have a good marriage. So I think that was the really disappointing thing for people. And I think it made people question what else behind the scenes was different than the reality. 
Okay, I want to dive into more specifics about Rachel. Uh, in the opening chapter of her highly successful 2018 book, Girl, Wash Your Face, which you mentioned earlier, she wrote, you and only you are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are. I mean, I'm just going to say it. You know, she's an attractive white woman who's basically saying only you are to blame if you're not happy. Well, basically ignoring every single societal factor that may have, you know, benefited her and helped make her happy. Do you think her waning success has to do with people starting to see all of the ways that this message is actually very privileged? Yeah, I think that when she first came out with her book, a lot of people were kind of taken aback by her success. And there was a lot of think pieces at the time in 2018 where people were trying to unpack, you know, like, why do people like her this much? And what is the secret sauce? And there were some people who were kind of like, hey, you know, this message is kind of problematic, but a lot of people were huge fans of it. And I really think, you know, like I said in the piece that they hurt their own brand because the way they portrayed themselves was very average, hardworking, nice and encouraging people. And they've kind of shown multiple times that that's not who they seem to be behind the scenes. So I think it was slowly over time, people who had read the book and really resonated with it and then followed them as they got more and more famous started to be like, Hey, wait a minute the way that they're acting on Instagram isn't the way that they're telling me to act in the book. And it doesn't seem to be who I thought they were. And that's really powerful. If it's someone that you've really put a lot of trust in. And, you know, then there was Rachel's now deleted TikTok rant in which she started by defending herself for having a house cleaner twice a week, but ended with her comparing herself to Harriet Tubman, RBG, Oprah Winfrey, Frida Kahlo, and Malala to name a few. What the hell happened there? Yeah, that was a really weird post. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, it was, it was extremely bizarre thing to say. Um, I guess if I could like go through it line by line and try to see what she was trying to say, I think she was trying to say that she has bigger goals for herself than being just an average person, which I mean, I guess on its face is like not that bad, but you know, in the context that she was using the, the message, it was kind of like, Oh, I am not ordinary because I don't want to be. And one of the reasons I am is I talk about people who come clean my toilets, which obviously there's, there's, you know, that's a great way to make a living, but the way that she said it, um, you know, woman who cleaned my to toilets feels a little derogatory to me. And yeah, it was just extremely tone deaf. It was like really out of touch. It was like a really weird thing to say. And unfortunately no one can watch the video anymore because it's gone. I mean, I'm sure it lives on the internet somewhere. Um, but it was like, also she said it in a very aggressive tone. I was, I mean, I was pretty taken aback when I watched it. I was like, what is this? This is weird. So yeah, it was, it was a weird video for sure. You know, it seems like overall, this is really a story of two privileged, white, wealthy people who made a name for themselves, profiting off of like a self-help, self-care narrative that they weren't actually practicing themselves. Do you see them being able to reinvent themselves from here? Do you think they have the possibility of like pivoting their brand into a more authentic, real 2021 place? Or do you think it really just goes all downhill from here for them? I mean, I think that I don't really see them enjoying the same level of success that they once did in terms of 
she hasn't really been able to maintain the fandom that she had when girl wash your face was, you know, coming out and it was huge. But I will say, you know, she still has more than 1.5 million followers on Instagram. So her brand, like, while it's not as huge as it was at its peak, you know, is still good and doing well as far as we can tell. And I don't really know. I think it's been an interesting thing to see someone rock into the success that can kind of be brought down by their own hubris. So maybe she can reinvent herself um, or they could reinvent themselves. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, we'll look back in 10 years and they'll just be a flash in the pan. I think we're going to have to wait and see. I will be very curious to see what they do from here. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, vaccinate your kids. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional basketball <laughs> players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.